have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. Hey, this is Elise Bowman, the voice of Pan from Dragon Ball GT, host of Anime Adventures on YouTube and voiceover coach from EliseCoaches.com. You've heard me advertise on this podcast for a while now, and I know you hear me now when I tell you you're listening to the I Know You Hear Me podcast with Flynn Hendricks. Are you needing some decals made? Maybe some vinyl or monograms? Then you need to go check out my wife's Etsy shop at Decals by Kins. That's K-Y-N-S. Go over to Etsy.com slash shop slash Decals by Kins, and you can check that in the show notes as well and see what she's done for other people and see what she can do for you. And I'm speaking from experience here. All of my water bottles, my protein bottles, they all have something that she's printed and put on there, and those things last. So if you need something like that for a gift, for your family, for your kids, or even for yourself go check out what she can do for you and as a special treat for my listeners if you use the promo code flynn that's f-l-y-n-n she's even going to get you 10 percent off your order now you can't beat that so go check it out and see what she can do for you and i know you hear me howdy folks this is withered wingnut and i'm sure we've all heard the same expression a woman works from sun till sun but a voiceover works from noon till one and i thought hey i want to be one of them So I decided to get some lessons in voice acting. And of course, what I did was looked up the best voiceover coach I could possibly find, which was Alicia Bowman. So basically, this is what I sounded like six months ago. But today, I sound like this. I begin every sentence with, in a world. In a world where there were a million mediocre voiceover coaches, where they were like, Lukewarm roller dogs at 7-Eleven. There was one that stood out head and shoulders above the rest. The one and only Elise Bowman. And she can coach you too. Go to EliseCoaches.com. That's E-L-I-S-E Coaches.com. And you can become a voiceover too. Now back to my regular voice. That's right. She's like magic. So check her out. And if you have half as much fun as she does, well, she'll have twice as much fun as you. Welcome back, everyone, to another awesome episode of the I Know You Hear Me podcast with me, Flynn Hendricks. And I feel like we've got a little bit of a trend going here when I say that today is going to be another world championship caliber episode because today's guest is an awesome one that I've been wanting to have on for quite a while. But before we get to the fun part with the interview, I've got to take a minute here and thank everybody for continuing to tune in. I've got to thank our sponsors. I've got to thank Elise Bowman for continuing to advertise on the show. And I've got to thank all of you especially for continuing to subscribe, support, and share this podcast. And if you haven't already, go find us on your preferred podcasting platform. We're on Google, 
Apple, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Find it, subscribe, get a five-star review, leave a written review if you like what I'm doing, and we'll have some fun getting the word out there on that. And then when you're done, go find us on all social media platforms. We're there too, just like my other podcast, Tales from the Haunt. You name the platform, it's there. We want you to connect with us. But before we go any further, guys, I got to take a minute, and we're going to give the Give Me Back My Podcast Network a word from one of our other podcasts. This is Charlie with Give Me Back My Action Movies. And Dan. Join us every two weeks as we dive into the classic action movies of the 80s and 90s. That's right, Charlie. But we also take a look at some of the current films out there that still has those nostalgic feels for us. Exactly. So make sure you find us on all your major podcasting platforms. And check us out over on Facebook. We have a group where the conversation's always going 24-7. We're having a good time. I think so. I'll be back. And we're back. So now comes the fun part here. Again, I can't believe that we're in season three already, but, you know, we came up to the end of season two when we had a world champion as an interviewee on here. Um, We started season three with another world champion. We've had a world junior heavyweight champion. We've had a world heavyweight champion. And now we're bringing on one of the most decorated tag team wrestlers on the East Coast in the United States. He's a world-traveled professional wrestler. He's a four-time NWA World Tag Team Champion. And hopefully by the time this airs, he's going to be able to say he's a five-time World Tag Team Champion as one half of the Heat Seekers. It's my pleasure to have on the podcast here tonight, Matt Sigmund. Matt, dude, thanks for making the time to be on here tonight. Hey, my pleasure. It's good to be here. How are you doing today? Man, I am, uh, like I was telling you before we get on the air here, man, I'm I'm tired as all get out, but I got to keep this machine going. So I appreciate you taking the time to come on board. No, no, man. I appreciate the time to, to be here. And, you know, I think we're all tired here lately, <laughs> just trying to do the grind, you know, just uh, day-to-day life is, is crazy in this world. So Dude, that is it 100%. And I mean, you, you guys, especially because as we're recording this, you know, next week is the Crockett Cup here in Nashville and you guys get your chance to go for your fifth world tag title. So I, I've seen the videos on social media. I've seen the training and the bookings you guys are taking. So you're definitely putting that grind in. So I feel that 100%. Yeah, life is wild, man. I'm I'm busy and blessed, but Absolutely. I do need a, a lot of coffee to get through the day. <laughs> See, that's that's my problem. I never got on the coffee train, man. I could never get past that acquired taste. So you got a leg up on me for that one. I didn't uh, I didn't want to get on the coffee train as bad as I did, but Tracy Smothers, oh, when I first started really running oh, the road, yeah. he. Uh, I blame him. It, all the heat's on him for my coffee addiction. <laughs> he started. Uh, he started getting me to drive really late and uh you know we we'd pull in terrible gas stations with terrible gas station coffee and, oh, boy. Uh, he started me off with the cappuccinos and then we we progressed <laughs> to oh. just black coffee with a little <laughs> bit of gimmick in it <laughs> his legacy yeah. lives on man I, i've heard you know i've heard so many different tracyisms or things that people have picked on from him but man like the late night coffee run that's uh i think i've only heard one other person talk about that and that was vic the bruiser so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah. nice to hear these little Tracy-isms that continue in his legacy. Vic's a great guy, too. Yeah, and he he totally uh, understand. He's He's been in that uh, position plenty of times. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, man, let's uh, let's back it up a little bit because I want to come back to, like, all these legends that you're that you were blessed to know and that have become, like, friends. I mean, I guess friends is the best way to say it with you. But, like, before that, like, what pulled you into wrestling? Was it seeing these same guys on TV or – what drew your attention to that? Yeah, you know, I was a kid, loved superheroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and then I saw wrestling. Oh yeah, and I saw people that were kind of dressed like superheroes, doing crazy athletic, uh, competitive stuff, and I was instantly hooked. You know, I, specifically with tag team wrestling is is what truly caught my eye. But man, it didn't get better as a kid than watching uh, wrestling every chance you had an opportunity to do so. And, Absolutely, uh, it's addicting, man, and and mm-hmm. it's um, it's something that just it filled that uh, spot, and it's taken uh control of my life for the yeah. past uh 30 something years man that's and that's crazy to say like because i know there's you hear the stories about people that get into it they drift away from it or they either come back to it or just stay completely out of it but like you said man that's been the biggest part of your life for almost or over 30 years now and that's yeah. that's insane it's, to say it's wild you know i grew up watching um a lot of kind of some wcw um uh-huh. then we had Smoky Mountain Wrestling here in the Knoxville area uh, and around. And so I grew up watching a whole wide variety. I did. I watched a little bit of WWF, but I mainly stayed at the, you know, early uh, childhood. I stayed watching a lot of WCW. I kind of liked more of the athletic um, sports kind of side to it rather than the gimmick wrestlers at the time character. Absolutely. but you know, over time, there, there's a there's a good healthy balance of it all, of and and I've grown to appreciate most of what's uh, paved the way here. But um, yeah, man, it's nothing like it. Absolutely, and I mean, as your parents see you start getting into that too, are they are they feeding that addiction? Are they on board with it? Are they trying to steer you away from it as it keeps picking up? What's that like? Steering away from it would be a very good uh, analogy. Um, you know, at first, as a kid, they never think that you're actually going to do it. Yeah. So, you know, they, they play with it a little bit and they'll, you know, encourage through video games and watching a little bit of it together on, on Monday nights or Saturday nights or whenever and uh, take, take your shows. So, but it just feeds that addiction. And it's once you're hooked, uh, I don't care. And people say that they're not wrestling fans anymore. They may kind of drift off, but there's still that piece of them that yeah. never leave. Um, but yeah, that, you know, they were, um, they, they kind of tried to push me away from it a little bit when they, when I got super serious. Uh, but then they, they kind of came around and, and it got to the point where it was like, Hey, this is something I really want to do. And they got on board with it enough to where it's like, Hey, do college at the same time. And as long as you stick on that path, then you can do the wrestling as well. And so I had their support. And so that was kind of cool, but it, it took time to get them. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I understand that 100% because I started training right out of high school, but you know, like the, the hesitation, the, what are you doing? You know, I just, as long as you finish college after they saw, I got into it for a while, that was their main concern. But when you started, were you actually juggling like your education and wrestling at the same time, or did you wait till you were out of college? No, I, right at the end of high school, I went up to uh, Chaotic Wrestling mm-hmm. in Boston, oh, wow. and uh, just for a week, just to test the waters. Yeah. Kowalski still had the school uh, a little bit, and there was a lot of awesome talent there with uh, John Waters and uh, Champa and Hanson mm-hmm. and a bunch of really, really solid guys. So I got to kind of play in the ring with, with some top talent Absolutely, and I loved yeah. it. They beat me up, bust me up. Uh, but I came back home and I wanted more and I stumbled upon Dr. Tom Pritchard oh, beautiful. and it, 
it like fell right into it. It just magic. And he had just got fired from WWE at the time. And this was 2005. And he opened up a, a school in Maynardville, Tennessee, in a very small two car garage, sweat box, oh, no air conditioning, that kind of thing. So, uh, me and a one or two other guys hopped on that opportunity and trained with him for you know six months or more and started hitting the road. Wow, man, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, and from there it's just roller coaster ride, man. Absolutely, and even going overseas. But we'll come to that here in a minute. But yeah. the fascinating thing about that is like you went to like two names that are considered who's who as far as like wrestling education is concerned. And that was yeah. back before social media was a big thing. And, you know, the internet was a thing, but it wasn't like, I guess what you would say it is today. How did you find out about Kowalski school? And then how did you uh, get connected with Tom Pritchard? Kowalski school. I saw in one of those like discovery TV, some sort of special on mm -hmm. inside pro wrestling. And, um, you know, they, they kind of hopped up the school. So I, I called up there and just, asked if i could come up for a week and we agreed on a, a price and then dr tom i had actually stumbled into dr tom a couple times at airports and things and yeah. then when he got fired a friend of mine told me that he heard tom was going to start school and so i i jumped at the opportunity for that because i i knew that if if i was going to learn professional wrestling i knew even at that point that tom was going to be the best mind to do so 100 percent um, yeah, so I, I, I lucked out there, and then you know, even after that, I pretty much instantly started traveling with. Uh, and I hate to just name drop here, but like it's, it's Rock and Roll Express, yeah, Midnight Express, Tracy Smothers, uh, Les Thatcher, and just like all these amazing minds that I just kind of fell into this position. Absolutely, and uh, I didn't know what I had at the time, man. I just I thought you know this is wrestling; everybody gets this opportunity, yeah. but. It looking back, it's amazing. Um, the opportunity that I had to learn from some of these just established my hundreds combined, hundreds of years worth of knowledge in, in some of the people I've been able to kind of learn from. And it's been in a fun ride, oh, <laughs> very 100%. And I mean, I haven't been around some of these people near as much as you have, but I mean, like, even just those brief experiences. I mean, it's either, you know, like a knowledge fest, a laugh fest, like there's so much going on, but it's, it's so much to take in. And when you can actually stop and process that, I mean, good God almighty, if you don't learn something or you don't enjoy yourself during that time, like you're, you're in the wrong yeah. line of work. And, you know, I, I picked up pretty early that <clears throat> you do learn something every day. Even yes. now here, I've, I've been wrestling like 17 years. I'm still learning mm. how to better my craft and I, you got to keep an open mind because the premise, the basic premise of wrestling remains the same. The foundation okay. remains the same, but there are different aspects of it that do kind of fluctuate and change. And you got to kind of be on the ball with some of that. And, and I think there's a good middle ground with all that too, but mm -hmm. you, you, the opportunity to learn something every day is there. And there are so many wonderful, um, just depth knowledge base wise of, of talent out there that we need to be pulling from and people don't really take all the opportunity that they can to do so. Very true. And we need to, we need to pull on it while we can. Yeah. Cause I mean, you've even seen, you know, when we're recording this, at least this week, you know, like Scott Hall's passed away and yes. um, 
it's but, but and he's just one of in the past two three years of just excellent minds that we're missing out on. We could be really be pulling oh, yeah. some good knowledge here for upcoming talent. So I try to make the most of it, and every day, every match, uh, try to learn a little bit. But you know, Absolutely. some way to improve. And I mean, in saying all that too, especially when you're introduced to to legends like that, and that's a term that even undersells their credibility and their character. But when you're introduced to them that early, do you think yeah. that that's helped adapt your mindset to have such longevity in your career where, especially on the independence and sometimes at the professional level, you don't see people that have that kind of longevity in their careers anymore. Do you think that's yeah. played a big part in your longevity? It, I think it played a huge part in, in, in that and several other areas too, because like we at the time, independent wrestling, this was 2005, six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. roughly where, where I was traveling roads with these guys and, and learning. We were doing six nights a week. Ooh, we were man. doing Tuesday through Sunday every week. The only day we had off was Monday, but that's just how independent wrestling was at the time because yeah. you had a lot of these random towns would be doing weekly shows mm-hmm. And then some of the bigger ones were still just sticking to monthly, but those were mainly on the weekends. Yeah. And so we had the opportunity to not only wrestle and travel with these guys, but we were doing it every day and nobody has that opportunity anymore. You know, most guys now that are, especially that are just getting in the business, they're lucky to do once a month, twice a month. Maybe Mm -hmm. if they're pushing it and really trying to get themselves out there, they can do every week, you know, weekend, once a week or something. Yeah. But that also taught me pretty quickly. We only got one body. Very, very true. And Ooh, buddy. there were times where I'm trying to go out there and I'm trying to do all this crazy stuff and, and bust ass. But then you hurt a lot. Yeah. You need a chiropractor <laughs> on speed dial. Yeah. And at the time, I wouldn't get much sleep because I was doing college class full time during the mornings. And then I'd hit the road to go to whatever town it was. And my body's not recovering. So you learn pretty quick to work smarter and, yeah. and try to take care of what you got while still delivering. I'm, you know, I don't want to take away from uh, that, the product we're putting out there, but you, you got to be smart because we only have, you know, one brain, one neck, one, you know, yeah. one good knees and they that's, go quickly. That is the truth of it. I mean, and that's yeah. even talking like if you're lucky enough to have a promotion that has a good ring that's well taken care of or your your yeah. opponent that you're working with or your dance partner knows what they're doing and how to be safe as well. So there's a yeah. lot that goes into that. But, but, you know, traveling with those guys, it really did help me, especially like Rock and Roll Express. Like, oh, yeah. you know, I learned a, a crazy good foundation from Tom, but then when I started wrestling Rock and Roll Express and you're actually in front of people and they know how to connect with every crowd they're in front of. Even today, you look at Ricky Morton, oh, God, like, yeah. Go go look at like matches from the seventies and all the the girls and, and pretty much everybody in the arenas are standing on their feet screaming right, and then you watch him today here forty years later, and, and he's he's in crowds these these smart mark heavy crowds like GCW and he's still got them right in the palm of his hand, yep. Yep. and just learning how to click with some people like that. So I've not perfected it yet. I, I get pretty good sometimes and I luck out, but just. It's perfect. I don't it, know. It it's really just crazy. Is. And the fact that even at his age now, like he's still doing these. Like I watched uh, on your social media, the the Hurricane Rana that he hit you with, or the Canadian Destroyer that he does yeah. now, or taking a power bomb off the stage. Like he's still so into that. But everything he does, they're literally right in the palm of his hand with him. 
the entire time. He knows, and he knows, and you know, it's a factor of trust with him too. Absolutely, um, he's not going to do that every single night, right? Yeah, but right, um, when when he knows he's feeling okay, and he knows he's in there with somebody that could, they can trust, um, he'll he'll deliver. And it's it's crazy. Like we did um, tag match this past Sunday, like the one you were talking about, yep. and the crowd was right on the money and and ricky goes for that hurricane rana and then just right in the palm of their hand you, his hear, hand. you hear it i mean you hear them react to everything he does and i i hate to say that he pinned you you know like got to give you the credit here but you know he they, cheated. You. they cheated yeah, they cheated they they double pinned me uh yeah but it's man, uh totally illegal didn't count of course but you could still tell how the crowd was just so into the whole thing like like you said right in the palm of his hand but yeah. something you said right there, because we're going to come back to Ricky and Robert and a few others here in just a minute. But, you know, you mentioned just a few minutes ago that we only have one body and we've got to take care of it. How soon into your career did you realize that, you know, taking care of your body, whether it's, you know, weight training and cardiovascular exercises or stretching, whatever it may be. How long yeah. into your career did it take you to realize that that was a big portion of it, too? You, you know, um, pretty much as soon as I started and this was something Tom Pritchard really hammered into people was mm-hmm. you don't have to look like a million dollars, although it helps. Right. Of course. But, but this is, this takes some, some athletic skill here and you, you want to be able to keep up, especially doing longer matches and yep. uh, depending on who you're in the ring with. So taking care of yourself physically and, and getting fit uh, was, was a big part of that too. And, you know, so I started hitting the gym right away, you know, and <clears throat> it, it's, um, it can be a body business. It can be intimidating to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, now we're, we are at a point where there's a fine balance. I think there's a good mix of looks everybody can pull off now. Yes. And, and it's, it's more accepted now than it used to be, but I don't really, I, it, to me, I don't really care about how somebody looks. I, I do think it helps, right. Of course, yes. For presentation purposes. But please don't get in the ring if you can't just keep up with some cardio. Yeah. Because it nothing kills a match faster than just seeing guys one minute into a match gassed out of their minds. 100%. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it, it clicked pretty quickly because you're doing that six nights a week. Your body's already sore and kind of deteriorating <laughs> from yeah. all the wear and tear. And, you know, you got to put that time in just to build it up a little bit. Absolutely. And I mean, that's something that your social media has, you know, like, made prevalent for how important it is to you because you're either on the road to a show or you get into the town early, you're hitting the gym and like, you're still throwing up some pretty sizable weight too. So, I mean, like after, you know, 17 years in so far, are you still feeling pretty good as far as like the joints and everything go with the weights you throw yeah. I've, I've been lucky when and I, I say that and then this week I'll just tear everything, but I'm on wood <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel lucky, you know, for the most part I've, I've remained relatively injury free i've had some concussions yep those same here. i don't oh yeah i'm i try to be more protective now with my head my knees are um banged up pretty bad just from normal wear and tear oh, through wrestling and and fitness and stuff mm-hmm. too uh, so my squat is not anywhere near what it used to be right but i adapt around that uh, but the rest of me feels pretty good. Uh, my right shoulder gives me trouble from time to time. I took a goofy clothesline over the top rope oh. in Nashville, Tennessee in like 2011. And the guy ended up coming with me and our arm got tangled. Both oh. of our arms got tangled in the rope and it just popped. 
And so there was about six months there where I couldn't really use my arm too much, but Gosh. it gives me trouble from time to time. But outside of that, man, um, I, yeah, I do. I try to be smart, try to lift, keep, you know, some, some muscle mass going on and stretch. I need to be a little bit better about stretching Same. now, but, yeah. uh, I, I have implemented it into my routine. So, um, it's, it's hard. It's still hard on the body, man. Of course. Pumps hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and then every now and then you get in there with somebody who, who will lay one in pretty Ooh. good or two. And, and so you take a good shot and get dazed a little bit, but yep. uh, it's not ballet. That's, that's <laughs> but, the truth of it right there. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's again too, like, but you're putting that investment into yourself to also, like you said, make sure you can go in a match and not get blown up so that other yeah. injuries don't happen. You know, like after a minute in and you're completely gassed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I like what you said investment because everything in wrestling, people don't look at this. They, they, Oh, I gotta go to the gym or, Oh, I gotta do a seminar and learn more. You know, they, they complain about it, but you got to look at it as an investment in yourself, just like any other job. You, you invest in yourself to go to the gym. You invest in yourself to have decent looking gear. You invest mm-hmm. in yourself to do seminars from time to time from people you can learn from, or just other ways about it so and i mean that's 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 100 true and i think a big part of it too is um is the mentality like i've learned in voiceover especially you know it's like a lot of people will have that mentality of i have to go do this like you said i have to go to the gym or i have to do this audition and reality if you want to look at it you get to do this where somebody else would kill to have that opportunity yeah that should give you more of an edge and a want to get in there and do that too yeah and it's it's about that mindset and i'm i'm all about having a positive mindset about things. I used to be a little bit different on that. And just over time and all that I've got to witness over the years and people I've got to meet, I try to make the most and enjoy life and, and do everything I can to the max as, as much as possible. And you got to just wake up every day and treat it as a new opportunity to push forward. So that is it. Uh, yeah, that's, that's my kind of general mindset going into each day. I mean that's that's a perfect way to look at it right there too. I mean you're even you know like you're a you're a certified fitness trainer with ISSA. I mean like do you feel like uh-huh. that same attitude and mentality is contagious to your clients? Because I mean it seems like you stay pretty busy wherever you go. So I mean is that, is yeah, that you know into you? Um, I keep up the certifications and stuff. I, I don't do a whole lot of like personal training right now, but <clears throat> I it, it's huge that mindset. It goes with me no matter where I'm working or whatever I'm putting my energy into or who I'm talking to or who I'm trying to help with wrestling or whatever. I'm trying to push it on and I'm trying to push it on everybody too, because I think uh, we all need a little bit more of a boost here, uh, especially these last two years, man. It's nothing's been as big of a downer as as some of the uh, things we've had to go through. And, And so we need a little bit more positivity in life. Of course, man, of course. And then, um, speaking of positivity, um, we're going to come to Bobby Eaton here in just a little bit, because I mean, like that guy was just, I I didn't know him as well as you did, but you hear the stories, you hear everything about his attitude, my experiences. He was the 100% epitome of positivity. And like you were somebody who became synonymous with him over these last couple of years, whether it was, you know, like after he went missing, you're the one that, you know, traveled down to, I think it was Atlanta and found him. And it seemed like if he was on a show, you were there with him. And so was Elliot. What was that like to become like attached at the hip basically to him like you were with Ricky Morton? You know, um 
when I first started traveling with Ricky and Robert and Bobby was in that mix too, cause he was staying a lot with Ricky at the time mm-hmm. uh, and, and in the general, you know, East Tennessee area. Yeah. Um, it was really cool. It's, it's, it's also one of those things where I didn't know what I had at first. Of right. Of course, Yeah. But we, the more we started traveling together, the more we clicked and we ended up being booked in a lot of the same places for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it became just a friendship. And Bobby was, so fun to be around not just for wrestling but just life in general yeah and the the knowledge and experience he had to bring to the table was beyond just about he's he may be my top wrestler of all time just personally to me i'm not saying he's the best of all time to me he was um but just developing that friendship was cool because like you know i get to witness and see how he's treated people over the years and the cool benefits from it just and not that he did it for benefits but yeah he treated everybody he met well, number one with respect but then he also yeah. would be genuinely concerned about every person he met and he'd want to learn about them and uh-huh. um you know kind of become their friend and i've seen him give his shirt pretty much off his back to people i've seen oh, yeah. him hand people money outside of gas stations or go buy the food I've seen him help people in wrestling that didn't deserve it, you know, yeah. and, uh, and he was so giving and, and just such a good person. And I'm very lucky to have I've been able to be around him as much and funny. Oh my God. He's oh, so funny. Oh, yeah. And yeah. So over the years, we, we had a lot of fun over the years and losing him was very, very hard on me uh, personally. But we had a lot of good memories together, and you know, I, I put together that um, I put together a Bobby Eaton event in 2019. Uh-huh. You know, before he died. Yep. Um, where got his friends and a lot of people that he's worked with over the years to just kind of do an appreciation thing for him, and he didn't understand at the time. Or he might have known or like been told a few times, but he truly didn't understand just how many people yeah. cared about him and, and thought so highly of him. Um, so just going through that with him was really cool too. And just, just seeing him uh, develop that understanding of, of uh, his peers and whatnot. Absolutely. It was just special. So yes. there'll never be another Bobby. And no, um, that is the truth of it right there. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's one thing to like everything you said, you hear the stories, whether it's, you know, Steve Austin, Ric Flair, everybody that's a who's who still holds him in the highest regard as yeah. like one of the best wrestlers, hands down. And one of the nicest people, everything you just said described that man to a T. And, you know, like you said, too, he was so giving, so kind, so humble. But, you know, it's like it, it just didn't register with him, hopefully, until that event, you know, that how much he meant to so many people. And, yeah. And uh, oh, he, uh, it clicked with him eventually, I think. And but you know, it. Um, I really wish he could still be here today for so many reasons. Absolutely. But just giving back to the to this current crop, yeah. so many people could learn from uh, Bobby because he had a wonderful mind when it comes to wrestling and coming up with um, good work in the ring and and kind of helping develop matches and and good psychology. Definitely so. Definitely so. And I think that's something too that would help slow down a lot of people these days. We all see it and would help give the longevity to those careers that may be shortened by all these crazy spots that they do when they could just 
keep it simple, as we said earlier, you know, and somebody yeah. like him, if he could find the way to articulate it and explain it, it would just, it would change the landscape 100%. But we don't have that. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, I hate to be, you know, we hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but damn. Yeah. But, we got to um, protect Ricky Morton at all costs. Of course, of course. One, and keep Robert somewhere safe, too. But yeah, Robert's always safe. He's just standing on the table. He's got the easy job. He's got the smart job. Yeah. But yeah. speaking of uh, tag teams now, they're going to come back into it. When you, What was it like when you met Elliot, your tag team partner, and how did you guys click? And like, Was the chemistry instant, or did you guys have to build to that to become what the heat seekers are today. It was a build. Uh, when, you know, when he first started wanting to wrestle, um, I did some training with guys for a little while and uh -huh. he was one of them. And so I, I taught him, taught him the ropes. And then I sent him over to Dr. Tom again, Dr. Yeah. Tom had opened up yet another little school and Tom kind of cleaned him up a little bit. And then Elliot started running the roads with me and we ended up working each other every night, pretty much for almost a year. And I got tired of getting my nose broke <laughs> and him laying in some, some pretty heavy shots. But no, we, we figured out that we're traveling with each other constantly. We, we both love tag team wrestling and yeah. we saw this avenue of opportunity to where a lot of shows would just throw two guys together mm -hmm. to do a tag match. Right. And, and there, are, there were at the time, and there are still good tag teams on the independents that stay that way. But, we wanted to do something different and really straight up push tag team wrestling and not really budge on that too Absolutely. much. And that's, it was hard at first because you have to, you have to tell the promoter, Hey, I'm in a tag team now. You don't, and we don't have a name value with the tag team when you're first starting out. Yeah. It just is there. You have to uh, build that up so that it was hard to talk to promoters really into investing because that's, that's a little bit more of an investment for them overall is to, because then they have to find teams for you to wrestle. Um, once we got over that initial hump, things were rolling and outside the ring, we click, we're like brothers, mm -hmm. we fight all the time. <laughs> uh, no, but we have each other's back, but and inside the ring though, we, we think alike on a lot of things and we know what we want to get out of each match and how we want to establish ourselves. And we have a general mindset that's close to the same on psychology and tag team wrestling overall. And it's worked. And yeah. I, we're going on, I think we're nine years together now, something like that. And I don't see that stopping anytime soon. Yeah. And I mean, like, you guys have gone, you've already gone over to Japan. You've gotten the legendary Ribera steak jackets, like stuff that people dream about doing. What was it like when y'all got the opportunity to go to Japan for the first time? You know, um, it was a dream and everybody says it's, it's a dream. It's a, it's a dream spot to be in. And there's no lie in that. It's amazing. Um, the Ribera jackets were really cool. That was course, yeah. one of our first times, you know, I've watched as a kid and I've looked at magazines and I've seen pictures growing up my whole life of Ribera Steakhouse and just being able to go there and get those jackets was like a top five wrestling highlight course, moment for course. me. Um, but you know, it was really cool. And, and the NWA tag team titles at the time we had just 
dropped them before our first trip, I think. But mm-hmm. at that time, we had become four-time tag team champions, and that's a big part of why we got to go to Japan in the first place. That kind of opened the door for us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and now it's turned into you know multiple trips. But I love Japan. I would honestly live over there if I didn't have so much rooted here. Yeah. Um, just the the country itself is beautiful. The people are amazing. The food is great. I love the culture, and they treat wrestling great. Of course, yeah. And, and there's still a wide variety of different styles and whatnot of wrestling over there. But in general, it's still uh, respected, and um, people just look at it different. And, and I, I love it. So I, I love our trips over there, and I hope to get to go back soon once these uh, COVID restrictions and uh, other issues, you know, kind of fix themselves. When the craziness dies down. And mm. when you get over there, too, like, how do you not get overwhelmed, you know, like, not only with the change in scenery, but also, you know, like, the language barrier and everything, where there are other, you know, fellow American wrestlers or guy jeans, as they've been called, were there more of those with you? Did you have a translator? What was all that like? You know, we were very lucky to already have some established friendships over there with uh, some really good, you know, our, our promoter is, is a wonderful person that we do most of our work for over there. His name's Jimmy Suzuki. Mm-hmm. And uh, he used to do like um, photography work and stuff for WWE back in the day. Yeah. And it's the, the, the sponsors and other people we have over there that, that just treat us great and, and help us overcome some of those hurdles with, with translation and stuff. But uh, a lot of the places uh, that we go to um, language barrier wise, they speak of a little bit of English right. for the most part, okay. or we can come to some middle ground and yeah. thank God for Google translate that of has course, helped me yeah. dramatically uh, over the years with uh, barriers like that. So um it's it's tricky, but it's fun to figure out that whole process too. I would love to learn Japanese too. Absolutely. That's something that's on my bucket list. Yeah, I've uh, I've learned a few dialects over the last year, but learning a whole new language at this stage of the game, I don't know if my brain could handle that. But that yeah, would be an I, awesome I, thing for sure. I've started picking up a little bit of German over the past year or two, and it, it's tough learning a new language at this age. Oh <laughs> yeah. Too many, uh, too many concussions. Yeah, that that does not help at all. And yeah. Yeah, like on top of that too, like you mentioned it, by the time you went over there, you guys were already four time world tag champions. Yep. What was it like getting on the NWA's radar? You know, especially at a time when, let's just say, people may not have held it in the highest regard based on who was the head of the NWA at that time or the quality of some of the promotions around the country though, but you're still, you still have world tag team champion on your resume. Yeah. You're traveling you know, the world. What's that like? It was, a, it was a different time and there was uh, a lot of negative things going on. There were a lot of positive aspects yeah. of it too. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think at the time, you know, Rob Conway was the world heavyweight champion and yep. he was really trying to put solid effort uh, into oh, establishing yeah. that. Give me just a second. I got. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Hang on, just a second. Anyway, um, you know, it it was negative, positive, good little balance. Yeah. Um, 
Rob Conway had the world title at the time for yep. the most part, and he was doing a pretty good job at trying to establish what he could with what we had available. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase Owens did a lot with the world junior title yep. at the time. And too. We actually worked, I think before one of his first tours over to Japan, he came down to uh, Lebanon, Tennessee. And I think we had a 45 minute match, like right after he was, uh, after yeah. he became champion. Yeah. And, and so when we got the belts for the first time there, we were ecstatic, number one, just because of the history of the belts. And um, we were happy to do what we could to add to uh, every product we jumped on of board course, with them, yeah. and, you know, every promotion. So we loved the, I think it was like two years pretty much that we, we went up and down with the belts, but uh-huh. a lot of fun was had uh, and I want more. Course, <laughs> I'm yeah. ready to dive back into more because it's been a few years since we did the NWA deal. And I think now is a good time to kind of hop back in the, in the mix with it. Of course. And I mean, like as you're getting ready for the Crockett cup that we've mentioned earlier, I mean, you've had, uh, I've got to make sure I get the right one here. You've had Barbarian. I almost said Warlord, but you've had Barbarian. You've had Dr. Yeah. Tom. You've had Ricky Morton. Like you've had a who's who getting you ready for this, for this event next weekend. Again, as we're recording, you know, it's coming up, but as this airs, hopefully we'll be saying you're five-time champions by that point. But what does it mean to you to be back in the mix with, like, some of the best tag teams in this two-night tournament? What does that mean to you guys? Yeah. NWA over the past few years has done a great job at reestablishing themselves as a good wrestling company. And they've worked really hard, and they have an amazing crew right now that have been delivering on very – very high levels. So watching them grow over the past couple of years has been fun to watch number one. And then it's made us really want to be a part of it again. Number two, Um, the, the caliber of the Crockett cup this year is amazing. They've got, you know, the Briscoes coming in, Mm -hmm. uh, rebellion, uh, their current world tag team champion is going to be there as well. Um, Strictly business. Uh, And then you got like Doug Williams and Harry Smith tagging up, which I think is just, wonderful crazy good of combination of talent oh, yeah and you know then then uh we're getting there in the mix too and very excited to be jumping back in an nwa ring number one yeah number two i've got and i've, I've told this story in some promos leading into it but it's a it's a legit story last year before bobby died one of my last memories with him we were talking and he used to do a lot of the uh runs with us with the titles like he would come manage us uh you know when we're close to wherever he was in west virginia and tennessee and and some random events in the carolinas and whatnot yep with the belts and so like last year we were talking and he was like hey sig how many times did you guys hold those titles again and i said four bobby and and he looked at me with this this goofy smile, and he raised his eyebrows. He goes, "You know what's better than four? And and that moment, like we laughed, and that's one of the last like fun uh, yeah. laughter moments I have with Bob. And so it really did make me want at that part point in time to become five time, you know, for no other reason than just Bobby made a joke about it. And we had a moment, and it turned into something kind of serious. So. Yeah. That's fueled the fire for this, you know, for us to come back to NWA and, and, you know, start off with the Crockett Cup and hopefully build into something more, um, 
established and regular with them over the next you know a few months to a year Absolutely. and see where we go that's it i mean that will be like the beautiful the most beautiful poetic story to have that play out that way so i've, I've got my fingers yeah. crossed and i'm definitely pulling for you on that but man because these these legendary names keep coming up as you and Elliot developed your chemistry, you became the Heat Seekers that everybody knows now as one of the most decorated tag teams. Mm. It seems like you look at these flyers that get posted for independent shows. It seems like every other one is either, you know, like the Rock and Roll Express or somehow somebody like a Bobby or a Tom Pritchard or a Tracy Smothers is involved with that. What does that mean to you? You know, growing up as somebody that watched this as a kid, especially watched WCW and Smoky Mountain, that yeah. you're now tied to these guys, or you you were part of the Rock and Roll Retirement Tour, and now you're working with Ricky and his son. You know, like, what does that yeah. mean to you? It means a lot, because when when I was a kid, like I said, I was growing up watching Rock and Roll Express, uh-huh. uh, Road Warriors, Midnight Express, Smoky Mountain had Heavenly Bodies, yeah. and... I, I was hooked with tag team wrestling and some, you know, getting to really establish, uh, especially the heat seekers getting to establish us with, you know, a lot of these, these guys has been really cool. And it's a, it's a kind of a fun little mark out moment to be like, you know, as a kid, I paid money and got hopes and dreams established watching these guys. And now I get to, create cool moments and memories for other people with them and that and especially like like last week with with ricky or anytime we're in the ring with rock roll express we come out of the ring first we and one of my favorites was like we did freedom hall uh cornet managed us a lot oh, from awesome. over the years too like i got i don't know if you see behind me i, I got the the racket. Yeah, I see it. That's <laughs> but, amazing. So we did. We did a lot of matches where Cornette was managing us with rock and roll uh, as our opponent, and we'd come to the ring with Cornette, and he Cornette would you know cut a promo, and then that rock and roll music would hit, oh, and I'm sitting there in that moment, and I'm like, "Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're this is what we're doing. This is my life now. I'm I'm reliving some of these things that I used to." grow up watching and it's 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 a cool moment because we we developed friendship but we also developed respect amongst each other too and and just seeing that and really trying to soak up guys have this hard wrestlers all across the the industry today they have their eyes so fine-tuned set on the end goal they they want they want that wwe contract or that wrestlemania moment or whatever it may be, AEW contract or whatever they're shooting for, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't sit and enjoy and soak up the, the journey, the yeah. ride, right? And that hit me years ago, too, when a lot of my heroes started passing away. I'm like, you know, we're, I need to slow down for a moment. And so now, you know, I try to sit there and really enjoy and soak up all this these uh, these cool moments that I get to get. And I've forgotten so many of them now. Uh, we'll go back and we'll watch tapes of matches that I don't even remember happening that were really awesome to experience. And I get to sit back and try to put the pieces together. Right, <laughs> the puzzle. Right. Oh man. That's, I, I know that feeling all too well. And that actually kind of leads me into one of my last two questions here. You'd mentioned earlier, especially about, you know, like the positivity that you try to spread to everybody. Do you yeah. feel like having that? And then also what you just mentioned here about slowing down so that, you get to soak in these experiences and you don't miss the forest through the trees. 
do you feel like that's also helped you avoid like a lot of you know burnout on this where it's been almost two decades now but you're still going strong do you feel like that kind of attitude and mentality has helped you keep it where it doesn't become like it like a job so to speak that you dread going to but that fire's always still ignited it's always going and you're still passionate dead on about everything you're doing it, it definitely plays a, a big part of that there's still days mm-hmm. where you're sitting in that car and you know oh, we got to drive six hours to this town today just for this match i'm not really looking forward to so you know it's like it yeah. does get to that point where it's like any other job but then i'll sit there and think i'm getting paid to do this number one yeah i could be sitting at home making no money and not doing the cool job that i used to love watching as a kid and then by the time i get to the show and start putting my boots on it clicks with me again and i start getting in that zone and in that moment um but it, it does have it's that roller coaster. It does have ups and ups and downs. And there's good days, bad days. But for the most part, I, I really try to appreciate what I've got going on and try to make the most of every moment that I have the opportunity to do so. Man, I love that answer. I love that answer. And then my last question here, because uh, we haven't yeah. spent a lot of time on this one, but how do you juggle all this? And, you know, have your family life at home, too, because I know, especially now that I've got two kids at home, I hate leaving every time I have to. But, you know, I always love coming back because I know they're going to be there. What's that like for you being on the road and then, you know, like living your dream? What kind of like what is that for you, like setting that example for your daughter as well? It's wild. Number one, she don't know I wrestled yet. So when wow. when daddy goes to work, I'm doing something like, I don't know, saving rainforests in Africa. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm doing something. I'm on mission trips or something. Amazing. I don't know. That's amazing. Uh, I, the longer I can keep her away from anything knowledge about the business, the better of off course. I am and the happier I am. But, you know, I have a really good support system. I have a really good family. My wife is a rock star. And... I, I try to find a good balance too with it though. When I'm, when I'm home, I'm, I try to be home yeah. and try to really spend you know, a good amount of time with uh, her and my daughter. And it's hard. It gets harder every time um, you go. And, but you know, it's and on the other end of, of it, you uh, are used to this life, this, mm-hmm. you know, 17 years in something that you've invested this time in. You've got such a strong passion for it. And it's not going away like that. Like you were talking about, that fire's still burning. So um, it, you just got to find that balance. And it's hard sometimes. And, and it's it, it's a mental drag. And a lot of guys have problems with it. Um, a lot of guys, you know, this is what started a lot of problems back in the day when guys were not being so uh, self you know, so conscious about their health and, and well-being yeah. and it, you got to find that balance and it's tough, but, but doable. And it just takes, takes effort. That's, that seems like that's the story of life. 100%. It's doable, but you've got to put the work in for it as well. Yeah. You, you got to put forth that effort. Otherwise it's going to fall to pieces and you got to try to build up a good support system around you and have that uh, going for you. Otherwise uh, you're going to have a long road. <laughs> that's, that's the nice way to put it for sure. Yeah, Man, yeah. this has been an awesome, awesome time catching up with you here. But 
I've learned so much that I didn't, you know, already know. And like just getting to hear your stories and experiences has been an amazing thing because, you know, you broke in a couple years before I did and we've very rarely crossed paths. I think it may have been like nine or 10 years since the last time you were actually down in the Nashville area that I was on a show with you. But, you know, it's been great to reconnect here. But now, you know, like because I've been grilling you for almost the last hour here, I'm going to flip it over to you for a little bit and let you throw a few questions my way. So uh, let's have some fun and see where it goes. Oh, yeah. What is your oldest wrestling memory? Not not necessarily of you in the business or anything, but what's your oldest wrestling memory from when you were a kid or whatever? Ah, uh, man, the first one I can clearly remember is um, walking into my granddad's house and he had a Monday Night Raw and it was like 1998. And the main event was Steve Austin and The Undertaker. But, you know, since then, as I've gotten older and discovered, like, old VHSs, if anybody remembers what those are, I'll be watching those. And, like, they'll have the Thanksgiving ones. And then Survivor Series will be on in the background. It's, like, 1990. And it's, like, I I didn't realize this had been such a big part of my life, like, going back that far. But, like, my grandmother was in it. My parents liked it. You know, it's like everybody was into it around me, but it took me into like eighth grade to actually get like dead set, like being a fan on it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's see. If you had to book a promotion at any point in time, what would it be? Um, What do you mean? Like specifically, like uh, what would the name of the company be? So if you had the uh, control of the books at any promotion at any given time, it it could, which company would it be? Like what era? Uh, you know, where, where are you going to place your hat there? Man, I would definitely have to say, oh man, it's kind of tough. I'm probably going to say, um, Jim Crockett promotions, 85 to 87, 88 range. Just so I could be involved in the horseman. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing stuff with uh, rock roll express and Nikita and Dusty and they're, we're going to draw good houses. Of course, of course, man. That's it. I mean, that's, that's the heyday and didn't know anything about that when I became a fan. But as soon as like, I started discovering it, like the horsemen were it, that was it, man. And that's, that's still like, everybody references that to this day. Like it's just, it's the golden era, plain and simple. Favorite match of all time. Of all time, um, it's going to be the one that hooked me, like, hook, line, and sinker, Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 21. Well, that's really good. You know, I think my favorite match, it changes from time to time, but I really love Kurt Angle and Eddie Guerrero from WrestleMania. Like, that. that's one of my top favorite fun storytelling, but still, like, technically sound matches. And the, the finish was beautiful. That's the only way to say it, and that still doesn't do it justice either. There's only one answer really to this next question, but I'm going to ask you, yeah. uh, and, and I'm not, this isn't, the answer is not heat seekers, right? Yeah. Uh, who is the best tag team? Arn and Tully. Arn and Tully, really? Some brain buster action. Yes, yes, sir. Uh, I'm going to go with Rock and Roll Express, tied probably with Midnight, but if, but maybe <sighs> shortly ahead, just because, right. you know, they're over. Um, and, and they're still active today, course, which is, yeah, that's, that's an amazing, uh, amazing thing. Um, you have a lot of Star Wars stuff yes. in the background of your video here. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So favorite Star Wars movie? It's going to be uh, episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Okay. I can respect that, right? I still got to go with uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yes. It's, it's my favorite. S- storytelling wise, though, it's hard to beat some of the stuff that they've done in Clone Wars yes. and Rebels. Oh, so, man. And... Uh, 
funny funny you mentioned that because I'm going to be like here uh, within the next month. I'm going to actually be a guest at a convention with the three main characters uh, of Rebels. You know, the voices of Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka. And like, yeah. man, it's crazy that a cartoon can take you on that emotional roller coaster, just like a wrestling match. It's it, it's crazy. Dave Filoni is one of the best storytellers of all yes. time, especially yes. with Star Wars content. And I think Disney should just between him and John Favreau just keep unloading dump trucks full of money yes. to keep them on board and telling these excellent stories through whatever Absolutely. medium they choose. Absolutely, and if they need a guy to do some voices or some creature work, uh, I, I know a guy. So there you go. My email's in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Like those guys have just, you look forward to every, you know, four or six months, whenever something's coming out now, it's like, now we're waiting for Bad Batch. We're waiting for the Mandalorian season three. Like everything is just, it keeps coming and I want to keep throwing more money at it, whether my wife wants me to or not, you know, but it looks like you've already done a pretty good job. About that. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of the downsized version of it too, but man, it's, uh, it looks cool though. It looks cool. Thank See, you. I got, I got like a, I'm a little more minimalist here. I got the Boba Fett custom little paint uh, right there. Yep, uh, I've got it. a Darth Vader. You can't really tell, but Darth Vader. And I do have a Soka right there, I but I yeah, I got some, I got a good amount of uh, stuff kind of hidden up here too, odds and ends, but some collector figures and whatnot. But. That's the man cave, man. That's the man cave. That's what we got to do. Whew. Well, man, those were, uh, those were some fun questions there, dude. And this has been an awesome time getting to catch up with you again. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you uh, for having me on. This has been a fun little journey. Oh, dude, of course, of course. And like I said, next weekend, man, Crockett Cup's coming up. So pulling for you guys that uh you know one you guys are going to come out on top there and then by the time this episode drops you're going to have a fifth reign under your belt and you'll still be uh you know rolling around defending those tag titles here too so oh yeah man that's plans <laughs> keep the uh, growing and, and uh dominating everywhere we go absolutely and guys if you want to keep up with everything sigmund's doing and everything the heat seekers are doing i'm going to have links to his social media in the show notes here as well so make sure you follow him show some support and if you're in the low you're yeah if i can even get my words out here if you're in the area where he's performing or he's got a show coming up go check it out boo him he might he might actually like that more than you cheering him i can't say for sure but you know, come cheer me on or, or cheer me getting beat up. I don't care just to get out and support independent wrestling. Absolutely. <laughs> Keep it strong because it is uh, one of the most underappreciated forms of entertainment out there. But man, once you get into it, you are hooked for life. But dude, again, I, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight because I know you got the family schedule. We just had a pup run in on us. So I guess yeah, dog's doing the run in. <laughs> that's hungry. it. That is it. Mine's actually being quiet tonight. So that's a first, but you know, again, dude, I'm just so grateful that you had the time here tonight, and I'm grateful that everybody keeps tuning in. And again, we're already over a year into this podcast. We're in season three now. We've had three, awesome. yeah, I know, dude. It's it's blowing my mind. And we've had you're the third, you're the trifecta of world champions that's been on now, and we've also had the final NWA Southern Heavyweight Champion on here. So I mean, it's been like the uh, the Mount Rushmore of the NWA before the Billy Corgan era. So like, it's been an awesome thing to just be able to have these chats with you guys. So again, I, I said it again. I'm just so grateful that you guys have the time to do this. Hey, no, thank you for having me on. It's, it's been fun. And I look forward to seeing where this uh, podcast goes for you. Of course, man. I appreciate it. 
Well, guys, like I said earlier in the show, if you haven't already, go find us on your preferred podcasting platform. We're there. Subscribe, leave a five-star and a written review, then go follow us on all social media platforms and get connected. Get connected with Sigmund here, too, and keep up with everything that he's doing. And then make sure you tune in next week because we're going to have another awesome guest coming down the line for you, and I can't wait to talk to you guys again. So for myself, for Sigmund here tonight, I want to thank you all for tuning in, and I can't wait to talk to you again next time. And I know you hear me. The I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.